Daniel and Vicki Hagedorn for Preparing Kids for Life at PK4L.com, and our podcast is for all things parenting. You know, as parents ourselves, my wife and I have the same fears every parent has, which is basically some form of, do I have what it takes to be a good parent? But along the way, we discovered some time-tested principles that empowered us with the mindset and the map to overcome those fears and to replace our insecurities with confidence. And that's why my wife and I want every parent to reclaim their rightful place as the number one expert on their own kids. We want every parent to be able to give their children a childhood they won't have to recover from and to prepare them for life as the best version of themselves. So our podcast is really just our way of paying it forward. And at PK4L, we are committed to walking alongside your journey as your personal outfitters, guides, and allies every step of the way. So a number of people who listen to the PK4L podcast have asked, all right, we liked what you said, but could you give some more details about developing our child's creativity? Well, you asked. So here are some additional pieces of advice about raising a creative child. Now, when it comes to um, developing creativity in children, I always tell parents, do not feel failure, but be terrified of regret. That's because failure And we're assuming here that it represents our best effort will always bring us closer to success. And if persistence is fueling these efforts, then we will eventually succeed. So exploring the idea of creativity poses some, I think, rather interesting questions like where does does creativity come from? Or are we born with it? Is it learned? And if it is learned, then how is it learned? Now, I've mentioned this research in previous podcasts, but in 1968, George Land, PhD, he conducted a research study to measure the creativity of 1,600 children who ranged in age between three and five years old, and they were enrolled in a a Head Start program. Now, initially, Land had devised the creativity test for NASA in order to help them identify innovative engineers and scientists. However, The subsequent success of this assignment inspired him to administer the same test to children. Land then retested these same children at age 10, again at age 15, and finally at ages 25 and older. The results were astounding, to say the least. The test revealed that the school system actually stifled the creative genius that children were born with. So what percentage of those children do you think were categorized as creative geniuses? Well, 98% of the five-year-olds, which fell to only 30% of the 10-year-olds, and then only 12% of the 15-year-olds. And then finally, by the time these children had reached 25 years and older, only 2% of them were still categorized as creative geniuses. Now, if we don't actively cultivate creativity in our children, These are the results that await. Fortunately, fortunately, this does not have to be our story or our children's. Separate podcast, but neuroplasticity makes this very clear. We are not stuck in whatever situation we find ourselves. So let me just go over a list of things that you can do that help your child become more creative. Number one, make your child a reader. Among its many benefits, reading experts talk about how this expands the intellectual horizon of your child. It exp- 
exposes them to new information and experiences. And these potentially capture their interest, drive their passion, and basically just stimulate their desire to create. It prepares your child for imaginative thinking. Knowledge from reading also provides raw materials for your child to build upon. And then reading informs your child about what exists so they know how to build on it. Number two, expose your child to literature, music, and the arts. Surrounding your child with creative works from other people inspires them to produce their own creative works. You know, it's kind of this idea of like inspires like and creative beautiful things will inspire the same. Number three, expand your child's horizon. You know, children need a lot of raw materials as inputs. And this is, this is especially true when they're younger because they take those inputs and then their imagination is able to convert them into creativity. So do new things, go to new places. Now, one word of caution though, it's important to mention that they shouldn't be forced into these new activities because it could backfire. So for example, don't force your child to go to an art museum if they know they're going to hate it. Remember that learning needs to be both challenging and enjoyable. And who knows, later on, your child might even develop an interest in going to the museum. So you never know. Number four, encourage your child's interests. So as long as your child is interested in something that won't harm them, like I would not advise, you know, taking up great shark, great white shark wrestling would probably not be a good idea, you know, things like that. <laughs> but make a point of encouraging them and in being involved in their interests. Talk to them about it. Not as a cynical adult, but as someone genuinely interested and open-minded. And if it's within your budget, consider giving your child things related to this interest that could further fuel their imagination. Or get creative yourself in finding ways to do this. Um, number five, accept your child's interest and passion even if it seems trivial or not worthwhile. Look, it is your child's interest and passion that fires their imagination. And who's to say something seemingly trivial might evolve or branch out into something much bigger. For example, maybe your child is interested in superhero action figures now, but that could eventually one day spark an interest in creative writing or robotics per, per se. Who knows? I mean, the, the possibilities are really limitless. Number six, have supplies and tools easily available for your child. Art supplies, paper, scrapbook, Lego, connects, musical instruments, computer, etc. Some of these materials cost virtually nothing, like spare cardboard boxes you were going to throw away anyway. Or they could be expensive, like a video camera. It's not really about the money. It's just having a lot of supplies and tools for them to have access to that they can use. Number seven, give your child a place to be creative. You know, sometimes creativity needs a quiet place, or at least a place where they can be alone. Another thing to keep in mind is that sometimes creativity can be messy. So maybe cover that bare wall with paper before they fill it with their artistic creations. Uh, number eight, let your child engage in free play. Let them play with toys that require imagination, like blocks or Legos or dolls or different things that where they have to fill in the gaps, right? Number nine. Limit distractions and disruptions that steal time for your child to think, reflect, and use their imagination. Things that are stealers are like an over-immersion in video games or social media, 
On the other hand, number 10, allow your child time to get bored. I know this sounds kind of counterintuitive, but this gives them important moments to reflect, to brainstorm ideas, and basically just entertain, entertain themselves by daydreaming and using their imagination. Respected researcher, Dr. Teresa Belton, she's a visiting fellow at the University of East Anglia, is one of many, many voices describing the crucial role that boredom plays in developing what they call the internal stimulus that sparks true creativity. Number 11, teach your child a different way of thinking. Ask them open-ended questions like, what would happen if, or what's a better way to, or can you imagine if, or how would you end the story, and so on. And look, as long as they are trying their best, as long as they're giving you an honest effort, if they answer with some wild and crazy idea, then treat their responses with respectful enthusiasm. Number 12, Remove your child from places that stifle creativity. Just remove them from an environment that discourages or belittles your child's creative expression. If their school is forcing them to think only in a very predetermined way, take them out of that school if, you, if possible. Number 13, don't judge or criticize your child's creative work. Again, we're always assuming that they're making a good faith effort, that they're doing their best, right? And that's, that's really all we're concerned with is them doing their best. But don't expect the child to create something that pleases either you or others. The most important thing is for them to enjoy the process of creation. Remember that we're teaching the child creativity, not art. So we have to give them the freedom to express themselves. And then if they ask for an opinion, Notice the unique aspects of their work, but don't criticize. Like you can comment on the nature or structure of it, but not say, like put a value judgment, like this is bad or this is, even it, but let's, let's take the worst case scenario. Let's say they kind of do something halfway. You can ask them, is this your best effort, right? And focus on that without actually technically criticizing and saying, oh, this is horrible, right? So that's what we mean. Number 14, praise creativity. Remember. That which gets rewarded gets repeated. So teach your child to value creativity by noting when they are being creative. Again, we're not saying this Plato sculpture is better than Michelangelo. So this isn't about some kind of false, you know, praise. It's just noting and then encouraging them when we see them doing something creative. Number 15, be a role model. And uh, <laughs> this is one of those things, this kind of goes for everything, right? We talk about this. This is, a, is an ongoing theme that our children always listen to our example much more closely than they listen to our advice. So again, this falls in line with that, but be a role model. Let your child see you as a parent who enjoys creating. Show them your accomplishments. Let them know that you value thinking freely, being adventurous and taking risks, obviously age appropriate. You know, you don't like um, free climb, you know, like um, some like Mount Everest at age two, you know what I mean? Like obviously we're, we're talking about being reasonable, but, but taking risks, you know, that are going to push their boundaries a little bit. Number 16, introduce your child to a role model. If you can't introduce the child to the role model personally, then tell stories about a creative person, what they accomplished and how they got there. If your child is interested in the arts, tell them about, uh, 
authors or painters, if technology exposed them to tech leaders, one of the great ways to do this is reading biographies with them. Phenomenal way to do this. Also, it kind of teaches a little bit of history too. Number 17, co-create with your child. As we mentioned before, generally your child should be left alone to indulge their creativity, but they can also have a lot of fun creating things with you. This is really an opportunity to guide them along without forcing them to conform to your idea of how to do things. You could create a wooden toy or a, a Lego figure, co-write a story, co-design a scrapbook. It's important to approach this with a very playful, open state of mind. And by the way, co-creating with your child will also give you an opportunity to kind of gain access into their inner world and improve your communication with them. It's also, by the way, uh, a way for you to model collaboration with others. Number 18, reward your child for finishing a creative work. Maybe reward them by taking them to a movie, going out for frozen yogurt, maybe even buying their latest painting or short story or something like that. But just encourage it, reward it. Number 19, encourage your child to join competitions related to their interests. And obviously this is important that it's related to their interest and not something you're just kind of pushing them into. But as you do this, emphasize the value of the experience and the importance of enjoying themselves while gently reminding them that yes, there can be only a few winners. Here's the key. If they lose, it's important to always frame it properly. Now, again, we're assuming they did their best. And if they did their best, it's a win, period. Just ask them what they want to improve the next time. Also keep in mind that if they're entered into an artistic competition of some kind, these competitions are subjective in nature. So how they judge winners is likewise very subjective, and that may or may not be fair to the child's work. Number 20, teach your child that failure is the key to future success. This is a theme we've talked about many, many times uh, across the, the podcast over the last couple of years. I can't stress this enough. Failing is only bad if, if it represents less than a child's best effort. Because if a child doesn't learn to overcome their fear of failure, it can actually paralyze their creativity. Failing forward is not a permanent state. It's simply part of a process that eventually leads to success. And resilience is a crucial part of building the confidence to recover after failing. You know, I, I love, there's a couple of quotes I, I love. One is from Nelson Mandela who said, I never lose. I either win or I learn. It's a great mentality to have. It's a great mentality to have. And another is to quote the great inventor Thomas Edison. I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Either way, I, I love it's kind of looking at, at failing from a couple different angles. But the important thing is for you to be the interpreter of the failure. And again, we're always assuming that it's the child's best effort. Number 21, talk to your child about feelings and emotions. You know, emotions are a wonderful source of raw materials to inspire artistic works of all kinds. You know, we've all kind of make the joke about the country western singer, you know, or the blues singer, you know, singing about horrible times, but but the larger perspective is yeah, emotions play a major role in artistic expression. So have those conversations. Number 22, if you have a toddler or preschool child, play creative games. Again, this is key that you can do this at any age, but as early as possible, 
you'll want to start instilling a love of creating in the child, right? You want to start developing opportunities for them to discover the fun of creation. Number 23, don't give your child a lot of rules. Adam Grant is a professor of management and psychology at the prestigious Wharton School of Business. He's also the author of Originals, How Nonconformists Move the World. Anyways, he writes that kids who started out as gifted but ended up falling short of their potential don't learn to be original. In other words, by constantly striving to earn the approval of others and mindlessly following a series of predetermined paths, they don't make anything new. And so Grant argues that parents should limit rules and allow children to think for themselves in order to help a creative child become a future creator. He also noted new research from Boston College that suggests parents of highly creative children give their children an average of one rule, like when it's time for better homework, compared to other parents who had an average of six rules. The key is this, teach your child values, not rules. On a side note, if we want our children, for example, to value relationships, not well, let me put it this way. We want our children to value relationships, not memorize a book of rules about relationships. Because here's the thing. When we value something, we learn to care for it, right? Our heart is behind our actions, whereas pure rule following leads to a disconnection from compassion. You know, you can have somebody following all the rules, but they have no compassion whatsoever for their fellow human being. Whereas if we learn to value our fellow human being, then we can always learn the rules that amplify and emphasize the value with which we hold that person or relationship. So a little, little bit of a different. Number 24, give your child limits. Although creativity is certainly about letting ideas and imaginations run wild, the reality is this. Being creative is constrained by limits and structures. So, for example, a TV show, right? It's a creative endeavor. But even a TV show, it's structured to be an hour long. It's structured to exist within a certain budget. And so the less children have, the more creative they become. If you give your child limited resources, they will learn early that creativity thrives with limits. Number 25, give your child freedom to pursue acquiring a breadth, not just a depth of knowledge and experience. Yes, it is important to have a depth of knowledge and experience. It's one of the main problems with education today is this inch deep, mile wide approach. But that doesn't mean that acquiring a wide variety of things isn't valuable either. So the suggestion is not to force them to become an expert in one specialization. Instead, nurture their interest in many things. Encourage them to explore their options. Over time, eventually, they will narrow their pursuits into more specific areas of interest. But Adam Grant also noted this, and I thought this was interesting. Compared to typical students, Nobel Prize winners were far more likely to perform as actors, dancers, magicians, uh, playwrights, uh, of poetry, novels, dabble in arts and crafts, player composed music, because they're naturally curious. And it's this curiosity that sparks flashes of insight and inspiration. Now look, this is hardly a comprehensive list, but hopefully it will give you a place to start. Helping our children develop their God-given creativity is really, it's really a lot of fun and quite an amazing experience. 
Enjoy. Thank you so much for listening. You know, we know there are literally hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there, and we appreciate the precious gift of your time. Be sure to check out our website, pk4l.com, for more resources and click on the link in the show description to download your free ebook, Building an Emotionally Healthy Home, as our gift to you. Remember, we're with you every step of the way. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you.